Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Money and More with me, your host, Leslie Thomas. I have been so fortunate with the outstanding guests that have appeared on the podcast so far, and today is no exception. I am delighted to be speaking with the Queen of Passive Income, Lisa Johnson. Lisa is very open about her tough childhood spent in social housing. She went on to have successful careers in law, banking and the entertainment industry. Her background in overcoming obstacles has helped mould her into a bold, straight-talking coach who is never afraid to be an authentic and outspoken truth-teller. Today, Lisa is a multi-seven-figure business strategist who makes 90% of her money through passive or semi-passive income streams. In one launch alone, during the global pandemic in 2021, she made £2.5 million in a week earning one million in the first hour of sales. Lisa is a huge believer that everyone can become a success, no matter their background. She is an ambassador for the charity Bullies Out and is known for her anti-bullying campaigning online. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you very much for agreeing to be on the podcast today. I am so looking forward to our conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So the first question I'm going to ask you is the same question I'm going to be asking all my guests. What is your money story? Okay, so my money story is that I was poor as a child. So I grew up in council housing. It was very much living hand to mouth. We never had enough money to get through an entire month. But as a child, I didn't care because you don't when you're little, you, you don't care about money. You don't care how much you've got, that kind of stuff. Until the age of 11, when I got a scholarship to a very prestigious school. And uh, it was the same year that my parents, well, a year, about seven months after my parents had split up. And um, I was then living with my single parent father. And got, I was excited about going to the school. Um, got to the school and from day one started to become bullied because the people in the school were rich and I was very poor and it was very obvious that I was poor my clothes you know you know what it's like when you're a kid anyone that looks a little bit different stands out so you know I was the person that got free lunch so that was a thing that stood out straight away I was the person that was picked up on the back of my dad's motorbike instead of all the Porsches I didn't go on the holidays that they talked about so I I became bullied straight away which I think has had a massive impact on my money mindset and then I, I got bullied all the way through school until I left and when I left 
I didn't dare go to college because I was so scared of being bullied. So I then had no way of kind of making myself better or making money or any of that. And so I got married really young. I just turned 18, um, thinking that, well, then somebody else could look after me. No, I wouldn't have to worry about it. Uh, I also think I have very low self-esteem at the time. And so I would have married the first person that came along um, because of the bullying. So I then realized that wasn't a relationship I should be in. There was some domestic abuse going on. And so I got out of that at 21. And at this point, I had no money, no qualifications, no job, and didn't really know what to do. And I ended up getting a job as an office junior. And had to go bankrupt in my 20s because, you know, I was trying to live hand to mouth, but I didn't, I was earning a very, very small wage. Um, so I went bankrupt and the judge told me, you are bad with money. And I remember him looking down on me and saying, you are bad with money. That's had an impact mm -hmm. in my life too. And then I guess the rest of my money stories is like most people's. I, I then dragged my way up a corporate ladder from office junior to a risk analyst in a bank. Along the way, I did a degree in law as a mature student and um, did it by distance learning. So I just took the books home, studied every night, and then went and took the exams every year for four years. And I did really well. And um, at the end of that, I had a degree. And so I worked my way up a little bit further and further and, and tried to get where I wanted to be. And then at the age of 36 or 37, I got pregnant with twins and everything changed then. So my money story had to change because I'd been doing really well. I was on something like 60,000, 70,000 a year and nobody, you know, in my family or friends had done anything like that, you know, moved to London, managed to get a job where they were earning that much money. It seemed like a huge amount of money to my family. And so suddenly I had this money and then got pregnant with twins, thought, well, you know, what? I'm just going to go straight back to work. I'm going to carry on. They'll be fine. Um, and did. I went back to work when they were five months old, but I was going through a divorce at the time. And so suddenly I was on my own with twins trying to work in the city which meant six o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock every night and there was no way I was going to be able to do it and so I had to go and get a job near my house and the only jobs going were personal assistant mm. office junior admin assistant jobs and so I went from earning you know 70,000 to earning 20,000 at a push but seeing my kids and so it was worth it. But it was while I was there that I realized that actually I could be doing something else with my day while I'm here because it's not taking me very much of my brain power to be able to, to do this job. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to start a business. So I didn't know what to start a business in. I didn't know anyone that had a business. So I started a business as a wedding planner and made every mistake under the sun because I didn't know anything about business. And within um, about two years, I had turned over enough that that business was making me an, a decent amount of money. Still, wedding planning doesn't make you a huge amount. I wasn't making as much as I did when I worked in the city, but I was making okay. And then while doing that, people started asking me how I'd become successful with my wedding planning business. And so, you know, by this time I'd left my job completely. And so I thought, well, you know what? 
I can teach people how I did this. And that was four and a half years ago when I set up what I do now, which is Lisa Johnson Consulting, um, and started teaching people about how to make money. And then my whole world changed. And how does Lisa, how did Lisa go from being the person that was being bullied and having an awful time at school and not feeling she should go to college for fear that would happen again, to having a corporate career, to having to then take a less well-paid job, to running the business, the successful multi-million business you are today. How does that happen? Slowly. (laughs) Each of those steps meant having to do money mindset work. And at the time I was taking the steps in my corporate career, I had no idea that that's what it was, but that is actually what I was doing. I was convincing myself that I didn't have to be in the same situation as my parents and their parents and their parents. And I didn't need to have this generational poverty and that someone had to interrupt the pattern and why couldn't it be me? And I was always trying to be different, but I didn't know, I didn't know about personal development at that point. So that was just something I was doing intrinsically. Now, when I came into the personal development world, you know, when I started um, the wedding business and then when I started the consulting business, I really started to read. So I read books on money mindset and realized that all of those things that had happened to me in the past were having a major impact on my earnings. So I had tried for years to make six figures. Like it was a thing in the back of my head that I wanted to make six figures. And if you actually look at it, as someone who had a law degree, as someone that worked in investment banking, I should have already been making six figures. Lots of others were, but I'd never been able to quite get there. Even in the wedding business, I was just short of it. Like I kept getting just short of it. And when I did some money mindset work, I realized that I actually had a narrative in my head which I wasn't vocalizing out loud, but it was there, which was people who come from where you do don't make six figures. And I had no idea I had this until I was having a session with a mindset coach around money. And she said, what do you really believe? And it just came out. And I was like, she said, do you really believe that? I said, well, I don't know anyone else from where I come from that has earned six figures. And that was the problem. I wasn't seeing it around me. And so because I knew that, I was then able to take steps to be around people that were making that kind of money so that it normalized it a little bit. So it seemed, and you know, they were from all walks of life. They weren't just rich people. They were people who'd come from my background. Very quickly, I hit six figures, literally in the first six months of my new business and 220,000 in the first year. But I was having to do money mindset work all the time because every level I got to, the work that I had done on myself enabled me to get to one level, but it didn't enable me to get to the next level. New levels, new devils. Absolutely. Every single time. And so, you know, at the end of that first year in business, I was like, well, this is okay, but I'm sacrificing working all hours again to make 220,000 a year. I was working 80 hours a week. I was, you know, not seeing my kids again. I was working from six o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night on my business. So I thought, well, there has to be another way. And that's when I started researching passive income. And by now I was becoming a bit, it was becoming a bit easier to invest in myself thinking that the money would come back. But even that took a while because it's scary to invest in yourself and you you don't know whether you're going to make that money. And I had this fear around 
money disappearing and, and that I had to keep it there because otherwise it might disappear and I'd be back where I started. But I started to invest properly. So I spent 150000 in year two on learning all about passive income and adding these passive income streams into my business so that I could have more freedom. And by the end of year two, I was working 30 hours a month instead of 80 hours a week and I was making over a million. And that's when I realized if I can do that, I can make as much money as I want and there is actually no limit. And that I had this issue with that, that kind of judge saying to me, you are bad with money. And I realized that that had been holding me back as well, because if I was bad with money, then what's the point of trying to make any? Because it would mean it was a negative thing and I didn't want anything negative around me. And I didn't even know this again. It was subconscious. This stuff comes up all the time. And so once I realized that I didn't have to be bad with money, then I got over that. But the biggest one, the blocker was rich people are bad people because all of the people in that school that had bullied me for my whole life had been rich. Yeah. So I had made a pattern out of that and decided that there were bad people. Now, this took longer for me to get over because I was remembering things from my childhood where my parents or some friends would see a rich person and go, oh, look at that idiot showing off in his car. And so that would make me go, well, God, if I make money, they're going to think this of me. Um, and it took a long time to for me to realize that rich people don't have to be bad people. All money does is make you more of what you are. Absolutely. You're already a good person and you're likely to do even more good things. You know, I give to lots of charities and that kind of thing, because that's what I would have done. It, you know, even if I didn't have money. So all it does is magnify what you can do. And so that even doing the work on that changed things. But I realized even this week um, now, yeah, we, we make about four million a year, which is amazing. And I have sorted out a lot of those money mindset issues, but they haven't gone. And, you know, just this week I had a session with Denise Duffield Thomas, who wrote the book, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. And I thought, you know, I'm doing all right with money mindset now. I think I've maybe sorted it. And it really came back to me that it wasn't a tick box exercise and you have to do the work all the time because I suddenly sat there and realized that I still have money mindset issues. And I was thinking to myself, what would be stopping you from getting to eight figures? And I think the reason that I am holding myself back a bit and I keep telling myself things like, well, maybe I don't want to get to eight figures. I'm quite happy how I am now and all of these kind of things is because I have a fear that money can disappear. And so I worry that if I get to eight figures, I will get used to, too used to having nice things and too used to always going first class. Like that's already starting to happen. Too used to private jets and the things I'm yachts and the things I'm doing at the moment. And I won't be able to cope if it all disappears and go back to the person that I used to be with no money, which is ridiculous. I would Absolutely. completely be able to cope. And I would be just as happy being that person as I am this person. And um, in fact, I'd be the same person just with a bit less money. And I'm, it's coming to terms with that, that there's still stuff there that I need to work on. Do you find, though, because you have the, the self-awareness of the beliefs that are affecting you, so people where you come from, you know, they don't have big success investing in yourself, um, what you've just spoken about there in terms of losing money, etc. Now that you have recognized those beliefs, do you feel that you are in a stronger position to be able to preempt them before they set in again and hold you stuck where you are? 
Yeah, I think that that actually is the biggest part of money mindset is not necessarily doing the work around it, but just the awareness that it's there because you can only interrupt a pattern if you know the pattern is there. And I think it's all about pattern interrupting. Um, And how I do things is a bit different. I know lots of people use affirmations and that kind of thing. I always felt when I was doing affirmations, like money is on its way to me, that I was codding my own self. Um, And so the the way for me to do things is evidence-based. So if I believe something, I go look at the evidence. So with me thinking things like, oh my God, I won't be able to cope if I didn't have money again. I I wouldn't be able to deal with it is to go back into my past and remember the times when I was most happy. The times when I was most happy were not the times when I had the most money. That's interesting. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And that is you know, the right way to do it is to actually think about, is that really true for me? Is it just a belief or, or is it really true? And if it's not true or if it is true, go and look for the evidence for it. Justify why you are holding that belief in the first place. And usually you can unpick it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and when, once you unpick it, it loses its power. It loses its power just knowing it's there, but it loses its power even more once you unpick things. And, you know, if you go to do something like, oh, you know, I went to say again today, I think I'm okay. I don't really need to earn eight figures. And I was like, stop telling yourself that. If you want to earn eight figures, you will. And and you'll be completely fine. And it's safe to earn eight figures. And it's, you know, there's stuff that comes up all the time. If I earn eight figures, people won't like me as much. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like we think yeah. all these things. I'll get even more hassle online than I do now. <laughs> and you're very open about the the amount of trolling and hassle that you get online. But you've not shied away from sharing with others the success that you've had. You're very open about your stripe payments and you're very open about when you went to Paris, et cetera, the new handbag you bought and stuff like that. What makes you do that when you know the reaction you're going to get? Yeah, the thing that makes me do it is I think that it would have been much easier for me when I was trying to get to where I wanted to be and be successful if there had been someone that came from the same background as me that I could see out there doing all the things and and doing the things that I was striving to do, but I couldn't find a single person. All of the people had stories of, you know, my mum, left me some money or you know there were all these stories out there about how they already had a leg up and I hadn't had that and so for me it's about showing people that if I can and I'm nothing special and I'm nothing different I am the person that just came from a council house that didn't have qualifications and I did this so you can do it as well and I just want people to be able to see that and so I'm really really honest and transparent with how much money I make I show people everything. Of course, it's always going to give me, it, talking about money in general as a woman is always going to give you lots and lots of, of hassle online and trolling and that kind of thing. But I'm not here for those people. Yeah. I'm here for that person that is going, well, I want to earn a lot of money, but I don't come from those kind of backgrounds. So how am I going to do it? If they see me, they know it's possible. And sometimes all you need is to know that something is possible to be able to do it. Yeah, I agree. I totally and utterly agree. You know, one of the things we talk about, you know, in NLP uh, all the time is the likes of Roger Bannister. Nobody had run a four minute mile until Roger Bannister had. And now how many people have won, have run one subsequently? Because 
he proved it was possible. Yeah, as soon as you see yeah. it, it's possible. So we did a launch in June and we made £2.5 million in that launch. And that hadn't been done in a UK launch before. Now I see people getting very close to it and, and I can see what's going to happen because you show someone you can. And so then they're like, oh, well, we can then. And that's, that's exactly what I'm here for. Yeah. And when it comes to the uh, trolling that you get, is it largely from men or largely from women? It's in different places. When it's online, um, the kind of trolling and the bullying that I get online is from women. It's from female competitors generally. Oh, right. When it's in newspapers, it's all men, 100%. So when I've been in The Sun and, and The Daily Mail and The Telegraph and The Guardian talking about these things, all the comments on there are all men. Um, they, they don't like it at all. It triggers something in them you know and the comments are never about the money well they are sometimes they are she's obviously lying because it can't possibly be true for a woman to do this um but a lot of the comments are are focused on things that you would say to a female so for instance one man said in the sun oh now you've made all that money you can start losing weight so you know what I mean it's like they have to say something and that's the yeah. only thing that they th- can think yeah. of to do whereas um online it's it's never about that it's always um you know just little snidey comments and things like that or I must be lying even though I put my Stripe account out there I must be lying and that kind of thing it I pay no attention these days and do you find now it is more water off a duck's back than it was previously? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. In the first year, I wanted to hide when I got these kind of comments. And, you know, people could see me doing very well very quickly um, and surpassing people that had been online for 10 years um, in the finance way of things, um, which isn't the only measure of success, but that's how they saw things. And so they didn't like it and, and started you know, trolling online. And I just wanted to hide. I didn't want to be in the industry anymore. I thought, well, I, you know, if this is how people are, I don't want to be here. But then a really good mentor of mine said to me, you can either hide and you can decide not to be in this industry, or you can make so much money that people listen and you can show them that you don't have to be like this in the industry and you can change the industry from the inside. And so I decided to take that path. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because obviously I've been aware of what's been said about you and I've been aware of people thinking it is crass. You shouldn't talk about your money. You shouldn't you shouldn't be showing the what you're doing with that money, be it in a private jet, great holidays, whatever it's going to be. And I will be really honest with you here. Can't remember at what point this year I had to stop following you for a while. Lots of people say that, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized it was nothing to do with you at all. It was to do with me. I wanted the success that you had, and I was envious of that success that you had. But then I remembered I haven't been doing this coaching business for as long as you have. And what you were doing was showing me what was possible. So actually, by following you, unfollowing you, thinking about it, and coming back to you, (laughs) that actually taught me a hell of a lot about myself, because I think, and you know what, you know this already, but most people, when they are rude to you, 
it's actually nothing to do with you. It's them not being able to face up to whatever they're not facing up to in their lives, not having that success, something going on in their personal life. They are hitting out and trying to create a, well, it's okay for her. Oh, she's lying. It's been easy for her when you know all those things aren't true. Yeah. And and I've been told I'm a massive trigger and I get that. But I have told myself it is safe to trigger people. It's okay to trigger people with the amount you're earning. It's nothing to do with you. But what I want you to realize is that this happens to me, too. So I will follow people who are eight, nine figures doing amazing things and go, I can't follow her anymore because I'm envious. And then I will go, remember, what does this teach you? It teaches you where you want to get to. If you, So now when I see someone and I, I think, oh, I'm kind of annoyed by this person, I now stop and I go, it, what's this showing you? It's showing you what you want. Use it to realize what you want. And what I now do is when I feel that kind of angst and that that envy I get in touch with the person because I think sometimes by humanizing people we stop thinking the same way and I get in touch with them and go hey I just want you to know that I I love what you're doing and following what you're doing and you're an inspiration and what that then does is they sometimes start talking back to me and then they're a person they're not someone with lots of money and it changes my view on things but it's funny that with comparisonitis I used to like see people with lots of money and I would kind of compare myself to them and and kind of envy them and what I found out was I now know these people and they're my friends they were doing the same to me because we never know what anyone's measure of success is so while I talk about money a lot and I'd be like god they've got so much more money than me they were saying I really want a family and a husband who, and and to be really in love. And that's what they were seeing on my side of things and envying that. So we can never, ever compare ourselves to anyone. We can never really get envious of anyone because no one knows the full story. It makes me laugh this year when people have been envious of me because I think, God, the health issues I've had this year, you would not want my life right now. And yet you think you would. Um, And that's why I try and be really transparent online so that people see the negatives as well as the positives yeah. of having money. Yeah. And you, but you do manage to put a very um, courageous face on the health issues that you've had. You know, you have shown up every time you've possibly been able to. I know there's been a couple of, you know, COVID wouldn't allow you to come no. up to London, for example, when we were meant to meet. But you have really done your best to not allow those health issues to hold you back. Is that because you have gone through so many challenges in your life, you know, the bullying, having to deal with teenage, teenage, twin babies on your own, having to go through building businesses, et cetera, Is that just naturally in you, that sense of resilience and carrying on? I think it is these days. I don't think it used to be. But these days, not much phases me. Um, So I'll get, you know, I do have a, a chronic health condition, but actually I've learned to run a business around that condition. I think there are always ways around things. I do think that adversity when you're younger 
helps you fuel your success. I believe people that have had adversity, whether it's bullying, illness, you know, death of a family member, whatever it is that gives you the adversity, including money, when you are then running a business, what happens a lot of the time is you come, well, you're always going to come face to face with obstacles in business, always. If you haven't had any adversity, what generally happens is someone goes, oh, oh, I don't know how to deal with that. Oh, well, I tried. I tried to have a business. It didn't work. Let's do something else. When you have had adversity, you are very used to finding a way through, to finding a way around, to to making things non-negotiable because you've had to. And so when you come upon an obstacle, you will find a way around it. And so it doesn't affect you as much. You know, the bullying and trolling online now doesn't affect me as much. I'm I'm used to certain things. It doesn't really do anything. But I also realise that, you know, everything is about a choice. Now I can choose to care about strangers' opinions on the internet, or I can choose to think about the one person that needed to hear or see me do something that day. Yeah. And we make a choice. No, that's perfect. So would you say you would be where you are today doing what you're doing had the bullying in school not happened? Not a chance. It's got me here because there have been things that are really tough in business, things I was too scared to do. But every time I was scared to do something, whether it be walking on a stage in front of 500 people, you know, whatever, doing a podcast, writing a book, all of the things that scare me, I would think about those bullies telling me that I was nothing and that I'll never be able to do anything. And it spurred me on to go, I don't even know who they are anymore, but it kind of made me think in my head, well, I'll show you. And so I used that negativity to push me forward. And, you know, I was bullied online in the first year of my business where somebody told me, you will never work in this industry again. And that has made me multi-millions of pounds because there's definitely times where I wanted to give up. And then I think, she thought that I would do this and now I'm, I'm going to carry gonna on. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to prove her wrong, not right. Exactly. Yeah. It makes you carry on. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of truth, isn't it? When you reframe something as happening for you rather than happening to you. To you. I think that does allow you to draw that you take back the power and it empowers you rather than something that is like an albatross around your neck. Yeah, it gives you strength. And these days it massively gives me strength. Like I am trolled online, you know, people people say nasty things online, they bully me. And I just think, what great content. I'm going to use that. It doesn't affect me in any way now because I'm like, I'm just going to use this. But I also think there's a, when you have, money you're always going to have a target on your back you always are going to because money is such a is such an emotional divisive thing and especially me growing up without any I can see why I understand how people think because I used to think like that and so how you have to think like when when someone's mean to me now I don't really get angry because I see the issue that they're having. I see the insecurity. I see the fear. I see the worry about their own situation with money. I get it. I was there. So I can't get angry. I see why the lashing out happens because where else do you put it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say your relationship is with money today? I think I have a great relationship with money. I think that I am very trusting that if I need money for something, it comes. Um, 
you know, you know me, I'm, I'm not very spiritual in any way. I'm not very woo woo, but there is something about knowing what you want that makes it happen. Um, and that definitely happens to me. Like, you know, if I say, oh, I, I want this house and it costs so much money, I will find weirdly that at the end of the year, I've got that exact amount of money. And that's happened many times. I think that I'm really good now at realizing that money flows. And so I give away a lot of money. I, you know, whether it's to charity or just to people, I spend money on things that I like and that I want without fear, because I just believe that there's plenty out there. And that's the perfect way to look at it. There's plenty out there. And when I need it, it'll come to me. I'll find a way to make it. It come to me. Yeah. And I never used to think like that. I used to be, well, if I... If I spend this money, it's gone. And But it takes time to get used to it. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And it does take a while just to actually be comfortable in that next pair, of, in that new pair of shoes. And you know the next new pair of shoes you're going to buy, they're going to be uncomfortable for a while. But you've got you've to keep putting on, because who wouldn't want to have lots of new pairs of shoes? Great analogy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think that that is the thing. It's it's pushing through and recognising you're going to be uncomfortable, but you can't get comfortable without going through that discomfort, basically. Yeah. yeah. So what would Lisa today say to her younger self, the little girl that was being bullied in her private school? Yeah, I, I get asked that a lot, especially because I do so much anti-bullying campaigning and things like that now. And uh, what I wish that that girl had known is that every single thing that was happening to her would make her the person she is now. Um, and and everybody, anyone that's going through anything like that, it will make you who you are now. The poverty. I wouldn't be me now without, you know, wondering who's going to eat that day. I wouldn't be me without that. I wouldn't be able to be as empathetic to people who don't, you know, who don't have money and are quite mean to people that have without having been through that because I was there. I was that person, Um, you know, doing the jobs that I've done have all amalgamated, you know, finance, law, entertainment industry. It's all helped me become who I am now. Going bankrupt has massively helped me because it made me realize that, you know, things are going to happen in life to do with money that you can either decide has ruined you or you can decide has helped you. That was massive for me. I was able to not pay £60,000 when I was like 23 years old, 24 years old. That would have been an albatross around my neck for a long period of time. So actually, it was a really helpful thing. And it made me need to really learn how to manage money properly as well. So many things that happen to you are for a reason. And when we look back, it's only later we can look back and see why these things have happened and how they've shaped your life now. And my life is amazing now. You know, it's an extraordinary life and I'm so grateful for it, but it wouldn't have happened without any of the things leading up to it. And I wouldn't be me without them. Absolutely. And how how do you then, as a parent ensure because the twins experience at the age they are now coming up to 11 going off to secondary school their experience can be very very different to yours their that you know that the, the money that their parents have is very very different how do you ensure that your children have the right experience that when they grow up 
that's not going to turn around and bite them on the bum for opposite reasons. Opposite reasons, yeah. And yeah. this scares me. Like, this is something that I talk about all the time. And one of the things we do, we were just doing this last night, is we talk about money. So, you know, we were sitting around the dinner table last night and we were talking about the value of money. And I was saying, you know, when I was younger, I think one of the twins said something like, but I want that. I want this toy or, or something. And I said, well, you have to wait until Christmas or your birthday. And he said, but you can afford it. You're a millionaire. And, I, and so then it's like, OK, but that's not the point. Just because we can doesn't mean we do. And then we started, started talking about the value of money. And um, Finian, who's one of my um, kids, he's very bright. He's only 10. He said, the problem is, how do we not become spoiled, mummy, when we get to go on these nice holidays and we have this amazing house? And him saying that made me realise he's not because he's realized that these things are amazing and that most people don't have these things. And so I was like, okay, we're doing an okay job. If he's thinking things like that, we're we're doing okay. But it does worry me because I don't want them to grow up with money mindset issues. So I don't say things like money doesn't grow on trees or no, we can't afford that. I don't want to do that to them because I had that, but I do want them to understand the value of money. And one of the things that they've done is they've started their own business. So they have a, a, a book subscription box called the reading adventure club and um they did the whole thing so it was a way to teach them the value of money by you know at first they were like oh what can we put in the box and and I said you go and tell me what you want to put in the box these little gifts with a book so they went and they did it put all these things in the box and I was like okay let's work out how much that would cost to buy so they added it up and there was something like 43 pounds it's like great I was like what did you say you wanted to charge the box out for? And they're like, 35 pounds. And I was like, where's the problem here? <laughs> and they were like, oh, we're not going to make any money. And I was like, exactly, go redo it again. And so we do things like that all the time. And then when they get the money and I'm like, okay, what, what could we do with the money that you've made? And so Albert, who is my other twin, he has invested in cryptocurrency. So he's learning about that on the side to see what, and we only play with it, you know, a few pounds here and there and says, okay, what's happening with Ethereum today? Has it gone up or down? Just to get them to understand not just the value of money, but how to make money themselves, because I don't believe in legacy businesses. I I think that they should be able to do it from scratch. Absolutely. Yeah, totally agree with you. I'm involved in um, a pilot currently in one school where they are teaching financial literacy to um, year 10s, so children around about 14, 15. And there's four units, and the first three units are talking about, you know, what money is, the value of money, um, investments, cryptocurrency, and then the last session, my session, is about your relationship with money. And they start each session off with um, a young man. He's about 30 now. His dad gave him um, a lump sum of money when he was 14. His dad fully expected him to blow the money. So it was going to be one of those, you know, education in life kind of lessons. He didn't. He invested the money and it's now worth 6,000% more than when his dad gave it to him. Well, you can imagine now 14-year-olds hearing that and actually starting to appreciate that if they start saving, if they start understanding investments, what that will be for their future going forward. 
I think and that amazing. is just, you know, that's just the magic that we never had, isn't we it? We never had it. And yeah. I, I think now if only someone had taught me about investing, if I, I had the opportunity to buy cryptocurrency when it was very, very early on, but I had no clue. I didn't understand any of this stuff. And so I didn't do it. And it would be worth millions now. Yeah. Um, and I do. Yeah, I think it's really important. Even now, I'm only just starting to learn about real investing, about making passive income in a because of investments kind of way. And, you know, I'm buying properties and all of these kind of things, but it's taken till now to get there. And that's the other thing. When people make money quickly, as I did, you know, I went, you could remember that I went from 30,000 in debt to multi-millions in four years. That is very quick. But the problem with it being very quick is that no one had taught me what to do with it. So for the first year I was buying everything like I wanted I had a million sitting in a bank account making me nothing because I had no idea what you're supposed to do no one taught me (laughs) but at least you didn't blow it because I read recently and I can't remember which which book it was that apparently 60% of people who win big on the lottery in America and I'm sure it's the same in the UK but we never seem to have the same stats about what goes on in the UK but 60% end up either back where they were or worse within five years I can and that's easily because, see why yeah, exactly they, they don't know what to do with it they get scared of it it separates them from what they know in terms of their friends and their family etc and it just goes to show if there were the ability to be educated as soon as you were able to understand money, i.e. as a child, the benefits that could bring in, because the more they earn, the more they're going to be taxed, the more income is going to be generated to support the system, basically. So the knock-on effect is massive. It's huge. And I think there's something also in there about if you – if you don't have a good relationship with money because you've never had any, you don't know what to do with them. When you get money like that and it does separate you from other people, so much of you will just want to get rid of it. It won't make you, people always go, oh, lottery winners. It never makes them happier. It doesn't make them happier because they've not learned about their own relationship with money and what it means. It could make them happier um, because they could do amazing things with it. But this is the thing. When people say, you know, money makes you happy, it never is. It just opens the door to a few things um, that you can then use to make you happier. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think your 85-year-old self, so if you had the opportunity now to go and have a conversation with your 85-year-old self, what do you think your 85-year-old self would be saying to Lisa today? To enjoy the journey more rather than just look at the targets. And I'm trying to do that. <laughs> like I'm aware of, I think it's very difficult when you are a very goal-oriented person who has hit some targets, not to give yourself a load more targets to hit rather than just enjoying what happens on the way there. Because I'm pretty sure that my 85-year-old self didn't look back and remember the day they hit the targets. They'll remember the moments in between. I like that. Remembering the moments in between hitting the targets rather than the target itself. I think well, that's, that's what life is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally agree with you. So how can people connect with you? Um, the easiest way is on Instagram at Lisa Johnson Strategist. I'm usually making a fool of myself on stories over there. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I've loved talking to you. I've loved learning more about your journey and how you have managed to master your mindset, but recognize your money mindset, but recognizing it's never one and done. It's something that's always a work in progress. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. If you have enjoyed it, I would love it if you would tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social media tagging me, Leslie Thomas Coaching on Instagram or the Money Mastery Business Coach on Facebook. But if you do, I promise I will give you a shout out in a future episode and I will be hugely grateful. I can also be found at Leslie-Thomas on LinkedIn. If you would like a copy of my free resource, Three Mindset Shifts to Double Your Income, then please go to leslieathomas.com forward slash let's hyphen talk hyphen money. I would love to hear from you, so please do email me at leslie at leslieathomas.com. I will reply to all messages, but please do be patient. Until next time, remember, master your mindset and in turn, you can master the money you make in your business.